And we are back. Welcome to another episode of Joel's Mind, where today we'll be diving into learn helplessness. All right. So uh, I hope you all enjoying your day. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Uh, happy birthday. I hope you guys are having um, a wonderful new year. Uh, generates a lot of blessings and prosperity to each and every single one of you all tuning in today. And if it hasn't, keep that chin up because it surely will. All right. So today's episode is going to be going over learn helplessness. Learn helplessness. I always thought that was a funny word. Um, you spell it out helplessness. You know, you just throw that ness at the end of the list. You know, kind of interesting. But uh, learn helplessness. What is it? What's it about? Um, why does it matter? And what's the importance of it? How does that tie into being a better version of you? These are all great questions. I'm glad you guys are thinking of them. Um, so with that, learn helplessness. So I found um, a definition on the internet. If you type it in in Google, you're going to get um, a very uh, scholarly uh, textbook definition of learn helplessness. Um, so I found a better one that's just going to go ahead and break down exactly what learn helplessness is. All right. Learn helplessness. It's not trying to get out of a negative situation because the past has taught you that you are helpless. I'm going to say that one more time. Not trying to get out of a negative situation because the past has taught you that you are helpless. Now, this is a uh, just this episode is essentially perspective, okay? I want y'all to listen to this episode and reflect on your past experiences and where you currently are at today. Um, the importance of learned helplessness is that it is in belief. It is something that can be instilled in us, instilled in us at a very young age, and it can in, be instilled in us even now as we're adults or um, where we're at in our walks of life, um, just by the journey of life. So, Let's go ahead and break down um, experiment done back in the 60s by Martin Seligman. Seligman is weird. I've heard it pronounced differently, so I'm just going to say how Joel says it. Seligman. So Martin Seligman um, conducted an experiment on dogs. Yes, unfortunately, he conducted a shock treatment therapy. Um, well, I shouldn't say therapy, shock treatment um, experiment on dogs, um, which is super unethical. But this was back in the 60s, so no one knew what ethics were back in the day. Uh, the experiment was to learn or to, ex to test out under the shock circumstances how dogs would respond um, to shock therapy or the shock treatment that was given to them. And if they can get out of it, if they are able to. Um, which I don't believe learn helplessness was, um, the main hypothesis of this experiment. It was something that was learned through after, you know, doing this experiment. So the experiment consisted of three different groups. Uh, there was a control group, which was a control group of dogs that did not receive any shock um, treatment at all. Uh, there was a second group. The second group was a group of dogs that received the shock, uh, treatment, but they were they taught were taught how to basically uh, turn off that um, uh, shock treatment. So they had control to turn the shock treatment off if they sh um, wished to. Then the third group 
had no control. These dogs, these poor dogs, had no control whether they can get shocked or when it would stop. So uh, the experiment uh, consisted of these groups of dogs and how they conducted this experiment or what they did in this experiment. They took those three groups of dogs, they shocked all three of them. So all of them knew what was going on, you know. So the dogs were in a cage. Um, the cage was hooked up to some type of shock um, device that shocked them. I don't know how exactly how, you know, hurtful or like the voltage. I don't believe these dogs were hurt, um, but just enough to let them know that, you know, there was some pain going on. So what happened was the cages were um, hooked up to give that shock. And so what happened was once the shock would be delivered, the control group was able to walk out the cage. The the second group that just had the the ability to control the shock, they had a lever, I believe, um, that allowed them to turn off the shock. The third group, they had no control, so they just you know kept getting shocked until they stopped. So what they did was once they delivered like the baseline of shock voltage to these dogs, they had a cage and they put a small wall on one side of the dog and on that other side of that wall was um, the other part of the cage that was there was no shock going on on that side so they were safe so on the other side of the wall was um, the safety on the side that the dogs were in was the shock um, zone what they did was they were testing to see if the dogs would actually jump over the wall to get themselves to safety so what they found was in the control group that the dogs were more likely more prone to jump over along with the second group of dogs let me add that in there so the control group and the second um, group of dogs were more likely to jump over that barrier because they had control they knew they could get out of it so what they did was they found an escape route which was jumping over that barrier what they also found was almost I shouldn't say almost every single one but they found it was most likely that the third group the dogs with no control would not do anything. They simply would lay down. So even though the dogs knew that they can jump over to safety, the third the third group, which is the dogs that received the treat or the shock without any um, help or any way to control that shock. They learned that they were more likely to stay down in that, to stay on that side of the cage and just lay there. Not only did they just stay there, they laid there willingly to take this shock treatment. So let's go back to learn helplessness. The definition, not trying to get out of a negative situation because the past has taught you that you are helpless. So the third group of dogs, when they were shocked they didn't do anything. They just laid down. The only the only group of dogs that um, did nothing was the third group because they were associating that they couldn't do anything. They were helpless. So now, why is this important? Why does this matter? Why why bring up why even shock these poor dogs? Well, what they found is that people that have experienced um, you know, abuse, whether that's ver verbal, physical, mental, um, sexual, any type of abuse, I shouldn't say any, but for the most part, if you're experiencing a lot of abuse, consistent abuse, and you have no um, knowledge how to get out of that abuse, 
you would can fall into this category of this definition of learned helplessness where you're not trying to get out of a negative situation because that's all you know and with these poor dogs um the third group of these dogs they believed that they couldn't get out of that situation so they sat there and they took it not only did they sat there they laid down they knew what was coming so much so that they were willing to brace themselves for what was to come Instead of jumping over that, that wall, that little barrier that they could have got out of, to safety, because safety was there, this experiment proved that they believed that they couldn't do anything to get themselves out of the situation. Which most, you know, to translate that, you know, to us humans, that happens to a lot of us. A lot of us, we learned at a young age that there wasn't anything we could have done because Unfortunately, as children, you're not able to do much. You know, your caregivers um, simply have most, if not all, control of your day-to-day activities. Um, the environment that you're in, whether that's positive or negative or, you know, toxic, you you kind of are not in control as a child. And a lot of the, you know, the learned helplessness that is instilled in us comes from at a young age. Um, you know, whether that's we're picked on, um, by our siblings or, you know, just in an, an abusive or toxic environment because of our parents or guardians, you know, once we're in that situation where there's nothing else we can do but sit there and take it, that's learned helplessness. It's the thought and it's the belief that there isn't anything you can do to get yourself out of this negative situation. Pretty crummy, huh? Now, what what also contributes to learn helplessness in the future as we get older? Um, a lot of it, I would say not a lot of it, but um, some of it is uh, our relationships. The relationships that we, we find ourselves in. Um, boyfriend, girlfriend, um, girlfriend, girlfriend, boyfriend, boyfriend, whatever, don't matter. Um, love is love. Whatever it is, sometimes we learn, um, again, at a young age or at a stage in our life that we really want to be with someone. Um, we're willing to put up with that abuse. We're willing to take whatever it is that they're giving to us um, because we believe that there's nothing that we can do to get out of the situation because we have to be there for that person. We don't want to give up on that person. So we're willing to stick around and deal with the abuse rather than jumping over the wall to safety. It's crazy. It's a crazy world that we live in, people, and it's crazy how how much we put ourselves um, through a lot of pain and um you know just experiences when we believe that we can't help ourselves you know and it's not it's not our fault i want to say anyone out there not trying to guilt anyone and saying that's your fault but we do believe that there's nothing else that we can do because we're like i'm not going to give up on this person i you know what else can i do it's very unfortunate it's very sad happens to a lot of us happens to the best of us so um, relationships. Well, that's one thing that contributes to learn helplessness as we get older. A second uh, attribution to uh, learn helplessness, our contribution, I should say, is failures. A lot of people that encounter um, that lack of motivation or that lack of wanting to do something different differently is either they're afraid to fail or two, they've failed um, enough times and remember that feeling of failure that they're willing to stay on that side of the wall where 
they're just not going to try. They're not going to give themselves the opportunity to jump to safety and, and give themselves another opportunity to try it out. Failures is a, you know, a big one. I think we all, as, as we get older, contributes to a lot of different things. Depression, um, lack of confidence, lack of um, self-belief, self-doubt. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll go back. I'll get into a little future. and I'll get into a little more um, how to combat this later. So um, another uh, contribution is comparing ourselves to others. That's probably one of the most unhealthiest things that we do, especially in today's world where uh, social media is right at our fingertips. Um, we can look up anything and anyone at a, at a moment. And unfortunately, we naturally do this to compare ourselves um, to other people. That feeling of, you know, hey, I just did this today and you know, I feel really good. And then you look at that person that you want to, you aspire to be, or, you know, the person that you're competing yourself with. Uh, that's a that's a that's a great way to make you yourself feel small and make yourself feel like you're not capable of succeeding or capable of you know being better so that's that's another um contribution to learn helplessness is comparing yourself um yourself your your success your um abilities to other people um another contribution is pessimistic thinking being pessimistic you know, that does a whole lot to your health and your motivation and your outlook on life and just being negative. Oh, I'm not built for this. You know, I just, I'm going to stay in my lane because if I do anything else, um, you know, I'm just, it's going to hurt me, you know, or I'm not good at this or, you know, this is why I don't like doing this because as soon as I do this, this happens. That's, that's, it's, it's a very negative chain, uh, think, chain reaction. Um, you, you think that you believe it, you get sad. You look for an immediate, um, an immediate uh, sense of relief, whether that's food, um, whether that's pleasure, whether that's you know taking that energy and and making someone feel less than and make yourself feel better. There's a lot of negative um, contributions that comes with pessimistic thinking. So um, that also leads to helplessness. If you are continually telling yourself. I'm never going to be this. I'm never going to be that. You know, you're never going to allow yourself to jump that wall. So, um, and you know, nice little segue is the, the belief along with the pessimist thinking, the, is the belief that you have no control. And, um, you know, as, as we're older, as we're adults, um, you know, as we move at our mama's house, we move out of our guardian's house, we, um, uh, we come to realize how much control we actually have and how much control we're like, fuck, I don't really want this. You know, I don't want to pay these bills. I don't want to do this. And I don't want to be responsible of what I eat and having to do something about it to make sure I don't gain so much weight. You know what I'm saying? Being responsible of taking yourself to a gym or limiting yourself on what you got to eat or when you got to sleep and how much sleep you got to get. Um, that, that sense of control when you're in a, in a situation that belief of you not having any control, just like those dogs believing that they had no control of what they can do, that really hinders us. That really um, will keep us in that that predicament where we're not going to do anything. We're not going to try to do anything because it doesn't matter. Whenever I do this, this happens. 
And, you know, when we believe that, when we when we say that, like, I don't want to get too excited. I don't want to get too happy because every single time I start getting happy, the universe just knocks me down. That kind of thinking is the belief that you have no control. And that's not true. That's not true, people. Yes, to some degree, we don't we don't have control. You know what I'm saying? Life happens and, you know, we could get struck by a toilet seat from an airplane at any given time in our life, okay? But what we do have control is our actions, our beliefs, and the way we think. You know, I almost forgot to add past experience. Um, your past experience growing up um, from, you know, being a child and adolescent to um, young adulthood, those experiences, whatever you may experience traumatically, can also give you that belief that, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, you're always going to be helpless. You're always going to be out of control. And that could really fuck with someone. And, you know, and unfortunately it does. There's certain things in our lives that we we do. It, can, it doesn't even matter how strong you are. You'll be the strongest kid on the block. There is going to be a few things, a handful of things that you're probably going to remember. Like, damn, I remember I was going through this and I wasn't able to get out of it. Or, you know, I, I experienced this and I just felt like I couldn't do anything. And when you hold on to those traumas, when you when you experience that much trauma in your life, especially at a young age, and when you're in adulthood, those things will hold you back. Those things will hold you down if you can, you know, if you, you know, dwell on it. If you are not able to get yourself to, you know, get past that, you know, it's it's a it's a huge mental block. It's a mental block I've, I've experienced myself, and it's 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 hard. It's something you you have to learn how to push through. It's something you have to learn how to acknowledge that you're no longer in that predicament and you are in control. So going back to the contributions of learned helplessness, failures, past experiences, uh, comparing yourself to others, pessimistic thinking, and believing you have no control. Now, I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm going to give you guys a little um, an example of learned helplessness in, in a different way. When, um, I don't know, I don't know how many people go to the circus or whatnot, but y'all ever see uh, the elephants that partake in the circus? Um, those poor things, not every single one of them, but there is, there is some, there is some that are mentally broken in order to be controlled and, and contained. So at a very young age, Elephants that are, you know, born or grown up in the circus, uh, at, a, at a young elephant age, what happens is um, the the tamer ties a rope to the elephant's leg at a very young age, okay? This is another example of learned helplessness. At a very young, young age, that rope is tied around this elephant's leg, and they learn that it doesn't matter what they do, um, push, pull, whatever, they can't get out of it. They're stuck, so they gotta stay there. As they get older, y'all, y'all know how big an elephant is. Now, think of a, an adult elephant. Those motherfuckers are huge. Okay, you could tie all their legs up with some rope, and those motherfuckers can break out of it. You, you tie up a wild elephant, that motherfucker's going wherever he wants because they're big, they're strong, and they're massive. So, but as an elephant in the circus. These poor elephants, you tie a, a, a grown adult elephant up with a rope, the elephant's not going to go anywhere. Because it was taught that no matter what it did, it's, it's gonna, it can't move, it can't get anywhere. 
and it doesn't even try so much so that it doesn't try it just like the dogs in the experiment it just lays down it concedes it says i'm i'm, I'm not going anywhere i'm the you know this rope got me here and i can't break this rope and we do that a lot to ourselves now going into being a better version of ourselves we tell ourselves that we should even try because of this this exact um example you know that that rope is our thoughts that rope is our belief that we can't be better versions of ourselves for whatever it is whatever whatever that imaginary rope is whether it was someone that told you that you were gonna amount to nothing and you believed it or if it was someone you know consistently putting you down when you succeeded or if it was just uh, an abusive, toxic environment that just made you believe that you know, uh, you know, this is this is life, and this is no, this is nothing more. There's nothing more to life but this. Whatever that rope is, it can be broken, and you can break it. We do it to ourselves sometimes, and sometimes people do it to us. It's the belief that we can't break this rope. That prevents us from being better versions of ourselves. It prevents us from doing the things that we really want to do. It prevents us from being happy. It prevents us from going out and, and trying different things. Now, going back to the experiment, what they found with these dogs, which is the hope within this experiment, which is, you know, the the light shining within this experiments, experiment, is that they found that they physically had to move the dogs from one side of the cage to the other side of the cage to show them that, hey, there is safety on the other side. It took them at least two tries for the, the, the third group of dogs that had no control whatsoever, that had no idea that they could get out of the situation. It took them two tries for the, the researchers to physically grab them and put them on the other side to show them that there was safety on the other side. That they can get out of that situation. And guess what those dogs did? Those dogs learned that they could get out of that situation. And I'm here to tell you people today. That if you are experiencing this learned helplessness. Or you're feeling that you are stuck. And you can't do anything about it. I'm here to tell you. I'm here to grab you. And put you on the other side of that wall. And tell you that you can. I'm here to tell you that you can learn to try and even if you try and it doesn't work out that you can continue to try okay so <clears throat> how to overcome learned helplessness there's a couple things that i've you know i found i, I want to break down to y'all just so that you are aware of it um first and foremost optimistic thinking i know it's cliche and i know it's like ah oh, joel come on man what more do you got than that? But I'm telling you people, thinking positive, changing the way you think and the, changing your perspective on life in certain situations is, is, a, is a game changer, okay? It's the game changer that you need, that you need if that is, if this sounds like someone that you know or it sounds like you. If you are like, damn, I just, you know, I'm in a predicament and I can't get out of it. If this sounds like you right now, I'm telling you right now, change the way you think. You change the way you think, and I promise you, your mood's going to go with that, that your behavior's going to go with that. It's going to feel a little weird, it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel a little corny, but I promise you, it is what you're needing in order to get over that wall. So, um, optimistic thinking, you know, give yourself words of affirmation, tell yourself, I can't do anything I put my mind to, believe in yourself, all right? 
uh, celebrating your failures, people. All right. So if anyone, um, well, I know some of you that are listening to this have listened to my previous episodes, um, specifically my episode on mindset. I believe that is episode six, episode six mindset. I talk about my failures. I talk about how 2018 was a real fucking shitty year in my life. And to be honest, at one point, I was that third group of dogs that had no control. I was looking at my life. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I was trying really hard to get a job that year, and I couldn't get one. I couldn't land myself a good job, a job that I was looking for. You know that I was, you know, I was trying to use with my degree. Those first six months was hell. You know, I could couldn't get me anything. That second second half of the six months of 2018, what I was doing was exactly that. People, I was celebrating my failures. Every single time I didn't get a, a phone call or an interview or um, an email back, I added that to my list of failures, and I said, you know what? There's another one. Here's another one. I tallied up as many failures as I could, just so that when the day that came that I finally got my job and I did get my job. I could look back and be like, damn, that's how many times I failed. It sounded crazy at that time, but once I did it, and now that I look back, it only took me 38 times to get a job. It took me 38 applications to get a job. It sounds like a lot, but it felt even more when I was going through it. But now that I'm able to look back on it because I'm finally in the predicament that I'm in now, it wasn't that bad it could have been worse it could have been a hundred applications but i tell you what even if it was a hundred applications i would still be able to look back and be like damn that was it just a hundred applications well at least i got my job celebrate your failures people don't let people make you feel less than and most importantly don't let yourself make yourself feel. most importantly don't let yourself feel less than because you failed failing only means you tried and that's okay, dude. Like, look at the people on American Idol. Look at the people on The Voice. Like, those those people, those singers, just because they lost, they don't go home and give up. They don't go home and be like, you know what, I'm just going to I'm gonna get into IT and become a, a computer technician, dude. You know what I'm saying? They don't do that. They, they failed on, on a show, but they continue. It's all part of life. It's all part of failures. It's all, it's all part of the game, baby. That's it. You're going to win some. You're going to lose some. But don't give up. That's that's the most important thing. The only time you really lose, the only time you really fail is when you give up. And that's all. All right. Uh, next, uh, next, how to overcome learn helplessness. Surrounding yourself with people that believe in you. You know, all right. You know, sometimes we do believe we don't. We you know we lack that belief in ourselves. But being around optimistic people, people that you know practice positive thinking and you know, words of affirmation. You know, sometimes you're not gonna lie. You know, we're annoying sometimes. You're like, damn, man, ain't nothing bother you. You're fucking, you're unbothered. You can't, you know, I don't, anything can be thrown at you and you're going to look at the silver lining in it. Sometimes it sounds absurd, but I'm telling you that positive way of thinking, that style of thinking, it does uh, put a barrier around you. Uh, it allows you to see a situation and instead of looking at it like the dog, um, the dogs that had no control, I can't do anything about it. I'm just not going to do nothing. That's the biggest part. That's that's the biggest, you know, upset that we have is when we don't do anything about it. When you're thinking positively, what you do is you look at a situation like, damn, how am I going to overcome this? What am I going to do to get through this? Oh, I just got to jump over this wall. That's it. Boom. Done. That's, that is the power of positive thinking, people. So surround yourself with people like that because they're going to help you and teach you and coach you. 
and also just you know bounce off each other's um energy when you guys are thinking positively especially when they believe in you keep those people and most importantly the most important thing i can offer um to you guys when it comes to combating learned helplessness is don't give up don't give up and don't stop trying keep trying whatever it is don't stop trying this this wall in this experiment is a, a great metaphor for all the walls in our lives that we encounter if, if it takes you to jump over that wall then jump over the wall if it takes you to run through that wall run through the motherfucker okay if it takes you to walk around it then walk around it but don't give up don't don't lay down don't concede people don't wave your white flag because you know what's going to happen the shock of life is going to continue to keep shocking you and it's not going to do nothing. It's not going to, it's not going to stop because, you know, oh, he's giving up and let's, let's take it easy on him. It, that's, life doesn't work like that, unfortunately. Don't give up. Don't give up on yourself and don't give up on, on trying to get yourself out of that situation. It's very important that we continue to try to be proactive in problem solving, whatever it is that we're doing and acknowledging where we're at, you know, for the people that, you know, can really relate to this and resonate with what I'm talking about, especially with the people with childhood trauma, I, I, I need you to understand that you are not in the position that you are today, unless you are, you know, in those exact same circumstances. But if you're much older, if you're capable of working, if you're capable of, of providing for yourself and being independent, I'm here to tell you that you need to do that. If you're still feeling like you can't do anything, you got to be in, an, in that same abusive relationship, I'm telling you right now, you don't need to stay there. You don't need to lay down and concede. What you can do is take yourself out of that situation and provide for yourself. Sometimes you need to do that. Sometimes you need to pitch yourself first. Pitch yourself as a, provider, as a priority and learn how to say no. Set a boundary. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big lover. I'm a big... I'm big on love and giving and being there for others so much that I've put myself at the very last, okay? And I've learned that it bites me in the end, not because those people are not appreciative or that, you know, I was expecting something in return, but because I lose myself in those actions. I allow myself to completely give up on Joel and focus on others. And there's, there's a certain point where, you know, there's a boundary. There's a line that you got to be like, you know what, don't go more, you can't go more than this. And that's okay, people. You're not giving up on that person. You're, not, you're not, not loving that person enough. What you're doing is you're allowing yourself to be there for someone, but also protecting you at the same time. And that's where I feel like a lot of us don't know that. They don't, they never, we've never been taught that, especially when you're growing up in the gutter and, you know, the only people you got is your family. You know, we learn to rely on ourselves so much that we're willing to take a bullet for the other person. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. What I'm trying to say is that sometimes we grow up with that mind mentality and we stick with that mind mentality and we don't allow ourselves to jump over that wall to allow ourselves to be in safety. We can be much better people than who we are today and who we were then before. But if we believe that we have no control, if we believe that we can't change or, or be better, then that's exactly what's going to happen. 
We're not going to be better. We are not going to change. We're not going to get over that wall. So that is today's episode. I wanted to break down um, just what learned helplessness is and add perspective to your life. If you are someone that's, you know, entering this year or just entering this, you know, this year, whether you want to be a new you or if you're just, you know, trying, you know, to keep up with your goals um, and you want to try something different, then then do that. Um, but when you come to a crossroads and you are coming to that wall, don't give up. Don't tell yourself you can't. Um, do what you're trying to do and, and don't believe that you have no control. Okay. Sometimes you got to do something differently. Do it differently a million times. And if you are still having the same problem, then maybe, just maybe, you might not have that control. But, you know, I think with a million different efforts and a million different times, you're going to find a solution. All right. So with that, I just want to say thank you. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Joel's Mind Official. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Joel's underscore Mind. And follow my Facebook page, Joel's Mind Official. And of course, this year, my, uh, my focus and attention will be uploading a lot more uh, visuals for YouTube. So for the people that have been asking me about YouTube, it's here, baby. 2021 is here. New year, better me. All right. So uh, tune in, like and subscribe this episode. And if you're on YouTube, like and subscribe this video. And I appreciate your support and I appreciate everyone that has reached out and given me feedback. I'm here to inspire and promote growth. And baby, we're going to do it together. All right. Y'all take care. Happy birthday. Good morning. Good evening. Good afternoon. I love you. Stay safe. Stay positive, And don't stop trying.